Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the latest Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra podcast. Pete Sampson, joined by Tom Boy and Kevin Sinclair. And since our last podcast, Notre Dame's had a decommitment. I think, Tom, you had sort of hinted at this lightly on our message board on Irish Illustrated for a while now that it wasn't a huge shock that um, Marquis Step is not going to be part of the class. I guess, what insight can you give people about the impact of this on Notre Dame? maybe where Marquise might end up. He's sort of talking to a handful of schools already. Yeah. I mean, this was something I had been told about a couple months ago to at least watch for. Um, and I was told matter of factly, if it happens in the first week of December, you won't be surprised. So it was nothing I really liked discussing too much publicly, especially when it, you know, it's more of a personal issue for the recruit and then also those inside the Goog. So, um, yeah, this wasn't a big shocker. I know that he had work to do, and, uh, you know, just to put it simply, I'm told that it didn't get done, and uh, that's just kind of where it is, and, and I expect him to be a full qualifier um, and expect him to play college football next next year, and, and as a guy that I've known for about three years now, I'm very excited for him in his future. Um, I just don't think it's going to be at Notre Dame, and that's just pretty cut and dry, so um, I know he's very disappointed. Uh, he definitely wanted to be at Notre Dame. So anybody saying that he had a change of heart and it just wasn't Notre Dame and, and you know, the, the struggles, I guess you could say late in the season that that didn't play a factor here. It's pretty cut and dry. He would love to be at, be at Notre Dame if he could, but the team I'm watching for right now is Purdue. I think that's the, the team to beat. I know he's got a visit uh, likely coming soon for Purdue. I know other schools, um, we're kind of in play USC, North Carolina. There was some conversations there, but I don't see either moving on him. So right now, I mean, again, I think that this is still kind of early. I think there's some schools that could make a play here, but, but I'm watching Purdue. And, and again, I, I think that would be a good fit for a guy that uh, has, you know, some pretty solid potential if he can stay healthy at the next level. Yeah. I mean, his personality seems like maybe big fish, small pond a little bit um, where like Purdue would, That'd be a spot where I think he would thrive because he could play early. Whereas at Notre Dame, based on the depth chart, you have to be patient for probably a few years before you really get your shot. Yeah, right? I agree completely. Yeah, I agree completely with you, and I think that that's just where it's gonna. Um, like I said, I just I didn't see it working out for Notre Dame for a while, and it's disappointing because I mean he worked so hard to bring this class together. Yeah. And obviously, in the end, nobody said you know it's because Marquise recruited me. But you know what? He he played a really big role when they when Notre Dame was struggling to bring guys together to create that family vibe. And uh, you know it's a tough blow for Notre Dame in terms of they definitely like this kid. And I thought he brought some similar attributes uh, to to Josh Adams, um, big, strong, physical, and he, he had some breakaway speed to him. But um, I think in the end, uh, with with Jameer Smith coming in, the current depth chart, Notre Dame's going to be fine. Yeah, and Kevin, you know when you look at the class overall. 
25 scholarships is 25 scholarships and 85 scholarships is 85 scholarships. So I, I think in, in some ways, a second running back in this class was going to be a bit of a luxury based on Notre Dame's needs at defensive end, cornerback, safety, linebacker. Um, and before we jump forward into the five guys segment, like the defensive end position, you know, we've talked about Jason Oa forever, um, but, you know, there's a new name involved that Notre Dame's been on for a, a little bit that uh, is, is probably going to be in town this weekend. But the competition for him is uh, college football playoff caliber. Yeah, so we, you know, obviously with, um, you know, Step D committing, that obviously opened up another spot. Um, which makes defensive end and some of those other uh, takes a little bit more doable. And of course, Malik Langham, um, you know, very interesting storyline there, you know, a six foot six, 269 pound defensive end from Alabama with, you know, what looks like elite academics as, you know, Vanderbilt offering that um, obviously Notre Dame offered him. Um, There's he, you know, set up a visit for uh, the echoes this weekend, which uh, I expect him to make. Uh, but then, of course, on Monday, uh, Alabama offered as well. Um, one little note I heard about that, um, you know, Malik, he's like a lifelong Auburn fan. So the Alabama offer wasn't like, a, you know, this big dream offer for him. But of course, still, it's an Alabama offer. He's an Alabama kid. But uh, academics are important to him. He knows, you know, he has his major laid out. He knows what he wants to study. Um, but I think yeah, we kind of spoke about this before. I think he's probably going to have to make his decision quickly. Uh, both Notre Dame and Alabama, you know, uh, have potential to, to sort of get commitments from a, a lot of prospects. Um, and they're aiming at a lot of, you know, sort of have a wide net. Notre Dame right now recruiting a number of guys at a number of positions. So um, he's talking about taking official visits all the way into February. I don't know if he'll uh, end up having the luxury of doing that and still sort of holding uh, his spot at, you know, Notre Dame, Alabama, and possibly other schools that he's looking at. So this weekend will be really telling. We'll see, um, you know, how he enjoys his, you know, visit to Notre Dame. It's an official visit for, you know, during the Echoes. Um, I'm assuming that he's going to have a good time there. Um, of course, Alabama is sort of the favorite there. But um, me personally, I think um, I'm sort of still waiting here to see what happens. I wouldn't necessarily crystal ball into Alabama myself right now. Uh, we'll see how things play out. But, yeah, he may have to sort of expedite his process here. Yeah, Tom, what's your gut feeling on that recruitment? I mean, I, I know schools like Ole Miss and Vanderbilt are involved, but this looks like a Notre Dame-Alabama battle. Um not something that happens too often and surely not one that typically ends well for the fighting Irish, <laughs> um, especially for an, an Alabama kid. But uh, Notre Dame checks off all the boxes here. Uh, I'm told that Notre Dame, according to those kind of close to his recruitment, Notre Dame is the best fit of both academics and ath- athletics, uh, which is exactly what he's looking for. But in the end, I mean, uh, Alabama wants a kid that's an in-state kid. Nick Saban personally extends the offer. I mean, the tide are going to be very difficult to beat here. But, again, he, he didn't commit on the spot. That's a, that's a good sign for Notre Dame, at least uh, keeps them in the race. Mike Elston went out there and visited with him again. Um, comes up this weekend. If everything goes well, Notre Dame's got an opportunity to make a move. Depth chart sets up well for him to at least uh, con, you know, contribute in some way early, uh, more so than Alabama. So all signs point to Notre Dame being a legitimate contender here. I like Notre Dame a lot more before Alabama offered, but it's uh, it's something to keep watching. Um, I think that the Irish have an opportunity here to uh, show them that, yes, the best of both worlds is in South Bend, and 
um, he can get everything athletically at Notre Dame. Maybe, you know, he's got a better shot at the national championship at Alabama, but big picture, I could see him, you know, giving the Irish a full look. Yeah, certainly he's a kind of a, a pretty versatile athlete. Um, would, and the body type that Notre Dame needs to add in this class to go with a really strong defensive tackle group. Uh, spinning it forward to five guys a little bit, Tom, you've got some insight on a former Notre Dame commit that the Irish suddenly are, are back involved with. Yeah, Braden Lindsay, four-star wide receiver, who, let me just tell you, I, I watched his senior tape last night, and this kid has become such a good football player. Uh, early in his high school career, he was an athlete that had elite speed that was just running by people. Now he's become much more of a polished receiver. Um, just his overall mechanics and how smooth he's become as a receiver, it's, it was very impressive. So I expect him to not only get you know love from the Notre Dame coaching staff uh, moving towards signing day, but also I expect some other schools to jump in the mix because of how impressive he's become as a, a guy that can actually step, right, step on campus right away and contribute. So Braden Lindsay. Uh, Portland, Oregon, Tigard High School. Uh, like I said, this is a guy that I think Notre Dame would love to land from everybody I've spoken to. And, uh, you know, there was some there was some bad blood, I guess, when he flipped from Notre Dame to Oregon, um, I believe, back in the summer. And things got a little dicey on that front. But you know what? He's uncommitted now with Willie Taggart leaving Oregon for Florida State. He, among a bunch of others, have opened up their recruitment. Right now, um, I'm actually leaning towards Notre Dame eventually getting him back in the mix. I wouldn't be surprised if he set a visit for South Bend very soon as an official visit. Um, there's a couple Pac-12 schools in play. I know Arizona State's trying to get involved here. Um, Chip Long is going in for an in-home visit on Wednesday. You know, we'll see how that goes. But based on those two personalities, I expect them to hit it off pretty well. And um, Long's going to laid out for him pretty simply and uh you know like hey let's get you on campus let's see how things can go and um you know there's no issues between either party they've had conversations um going back to the the article that was written regarding him kind of bashing notre dame for you know lying about playing football and participating in track things like that so all that stuff is behind him i know coach polian is working behind the scenes on this one and, and having constant conversations with Lindsay, uh, trying to smooth out the process. But right now, um, I really like Notre Dame to, to get him back in the fold. Yeah. I mean, he's a, it wouldn't be hard for him to look at Notre Dame without the coaching staff selling it and say like, you guys don't have a real deep threat speed receiver outside of Kevin Stefferson. So there's definitely an opportunity in terms of his skill set to come in and impact them right away. Kevin, where, where did you want to go first in your five guys this week? Yeah, I think one of the, the hottest topics um, on the board right now, Kyler Gordon, uh, 5'11", 185-pound cornerback out of Everett, Washington. Four-star prospect, of course, uh, he's down to Notre Dame and Washington. Um, as I sort of stated last, uh, last week in the podcast, um, I've sort of gotten the impression through speaking with Gordon and sources are close, close to him. And I think he's sort of, since his, his visit in September, I think he sort of looks at Notre Dame, the university, and the football program probably a little higher than he does Washington. But that, that close relationship he's had with the Washington staff, um, including Coach Lake, the defensive backs coach, um, just sort of trumped what he, you know, what he had with the Notre Dame staff. But Notre Dame's certainly been closing that gap. That's sort of what I've, the point I've been pushing and getting across lately. Coach Light sort of started with Coach Light visiting for one of his games uh, this fall. 
Uh, of course, then um, last Monday, uh, Coach Brian Kelly, Coach Brian Polian, and Coach Light um, had an in-home visit with him. I heard that went really well, and obviously he booked a three-day visit after that this weekend, including um, you know the Echoes banquet, which was was just huge news um, to get him back. Um, obviously, taking a visit uh, on his own dime late in the process here. Um, of course, Washington had an in-home visit of their own after that, and uh, you know, sort of questions whether. He was, you know, still going to maintain um, those plans to visit this weekend. Tuesday night, Coach Polian and Coach Elko uh, dropped by Archbishop Murphy, his school, um, and then an in-home visit in the evening. Um, I got in touch with a uh, source really close to him and um, was told that you know, he was absolutely going to be visiting this weekend, just period, that he will be at Notre Dame. Um, so basically for me, I just think that Notre Dame sounds like they're already sort of closing that gap with the staff. He comes and spends three days this weekend, um, you know, gets to spend time with other commits, uh, players there, gets to know the staff. Well, I, I just, I can't see him not, uh, end up committing to Notre Dame after, um, after that visit, we could, um, we could see him making a decision on December 17th, which is his birthday. Um, that's not set in stone, uh, could happen. Um, of course, it's about, you know, continuing to fend off Washington after the visit. They're going after him big time. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be a really interesting story up until he makes his decision. Yeah, that could be a high drama December 20th to 22nd early signing date story as well. Um, yeah. Staying on the West Coast, Tom, uh, you're really plugged in around the SoCal guys. And there's one that Notre Dame seemed to lead for and then fell completely off with. Now it seems like they're sort of back in it with. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, it's kind of close to completely off with, but I wouldn't have <laughs> ruled Notre Dame completely out, but it was, I'm not going to lie. It was pretty close. Um, yeah. Anaheim, California, Servite, four-star defensive back, a guy that has talent uh, at cornerback and safety, Julius Irvin. Um, and, you know, for me, one of my, favorite players this entire cycle I think he's a guy that has a ton of talent I think he's underrated by most of the recruiting services when you look just across the entire all of the networks um one of the most polished tacklers uh, a guy that in my opinion would be an immediate contributor if he ended up at Notre Dame uh it was looking a couple weeks ago it was looking like Notre Dame it was USC well at the top and then Notre Dame and Washington were kind of running two and three um, based on what I'm hearing at this point, it actually looks more like a Notre Dame-Washington battle as we kind of inch towards signing day uh, with USC kind of trailing. I think that the two schools, when you're looking at Notre Dame and Washington, they're making him a, a major, major priority. You have Mike Elko, Brian Polian, Todd Light, all pushing extremely hard for Notre Dame. You have Jimmy Lake working extremely hard, like he is with Kyler Gordon, also working with uh, Julius Servant at this point. So ideally for Notre Dame, they go 2-0 and against Washington this cycle and beat, uh, beat them for Irvin and Gordon. Um, but there's definitely an opportunity for Washington here to land both. And it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, but I know Notre Dame's making a big impression. They went in uh, in school this week, and they, uh, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's gonna be really tight. USC still has a spot for him. They want him to come in for an official visit in January, um, which I don't necessarily think is sitting too well with everybody. I think they, they kind of want to make a decision in December and kind of be done with it. So big picture, I expect Irvin to make a decision this month, and I expect him as of right now to end up at either Notre Dame or Washington. Yeah. So it's, 
but right now it's just really too close to call. I think next week's in-home visits will really separate one or the other. That's a real fascinating turn of events because, I mean, you as you know, like with Southern California guys, USC often could just snap their fingers and pick and choose who they want. And it kind of felt like this recruitment was like that, but now it now it suddenly feels a little bit different. And you're sitting there looking at Notre Dame's class. We haven't even talked about Houston Griffith on this podcast, but if somehow you have the perfect game of Griffith, Allen, Irvin, and Gordon, that would just be an incredible, incredible haul uh, for Notre Dame in the secondary. And Kevin, there's a guy you want to talk about who isn't at that level of prestige in the recruiting, but will probably will plans to be in town this weekend for the Echoes, who also could help Notre Dame in the defensive backfield. Yeah, a guy I really like, cornerback DJ Brown out of Washington, D.C., St. Joseph's College Prep, which is where they, uh, they landed Kofi Wardla from last year. Um, six foot, 185 pounds, uh, nice size there. Three-star prospect who I feel, I mean, I watched his senior film. I suggest checking it out if you want to have a, a closer look at him. Um, I think he's definitely very undervalued, um, sort of has the credentials to back that up as well. An Under Armour All-American um, and was named first team all-conference this year um, in a very high quality conference, in my opinion. Um, committed to Virginia right now. Um, he had 22 offers, Arizona, Stanford, Vanderbilt, um, plus four Ivy League schools. Um, so an elite student, um, this guy. And um, I, the way I've been sort of thinking about this um, if we look back to sort of Joseph Wilkins, um, when he visited, may have been a little low, lower uh, on the poll uh, pre-visit, um, but once he met the staff, you know, his character, maturity, um, focus on academics, that sort of raised his stock and, and sort of, you know, pushed him into the Tate category, he ended up committing to the class. Um, this is a possibility with DJ Brown. Of course, we just finished talking about Houston Griffith, Kyler Gordon, Julius Irvin, we know those are the priority guys. Now, whether they would, um, you know, I, I could see a situation where they would wait to see what happens and how that unfolds. Does Julius Irvin uh, end up sort of at Washington or elsewhere, and then DJ Brown becomes a take? We don't know yet. We'll see how that goes. But he'll be visiting this weekend. I expect um, him to make a you know big impression on staff. And um, again, his film, he's impressive. Sort of ideal measurables. Um, you can see sort of his football IQ, his instincts really quick, um, closes on the ball really well. I really like him in run support, has the speed to sort of keep up um, with you know, deep threat receivers, that sort of thing. In that sort of little pool of B.J. Brown, Tariq Bracey, Noah Boykin, this is the guy I like most. And then, Tom, we'll let you close it with a uh, five guys regular, a tight end that Chip Long was in with last night um, in- put up the the photo on Twitter, uh, which is another one of my favorite recruiting Christmas holiday traditions to see uh, various holiday decorations in these prospects' homes. Yeah, I don't think we've necessarily talked about Tommy Tremble too much at all. Um, now, he's a, <laughs> a, and he's a regular over at Irish Illustrated and a, a constant on the site. He's uh, been Notre Dame's top target for a while at, at tight end. And, uh, he goes to the Wesleyan School in Norcross, Georgia, 6'4", 225. You know, this looks like a four-team battle. Notre Dame, Michigan, Georgia, UCLA. My gut says it's going to be Notre Dame or Michigan on this one. Um, you know, his parents attended. We've touched on this before. Both of them went to Georgia. Um, UCLA has always been a school that has caught his eye. A little far from home, but – and with coaching changes, I, you know, it's – 
kind of tough to really gauge where UCLA has him on the board with, with Chip Kelly coming in. But I know Notre Dame loves him. I know Michigan loves him. Uh, you know, I just keep going back to the fact that his parents attended uh, both visits to Notre Dame. They didn't go with him to Michigan. Um, and obviously, you know, Jim Harbaugh, he went inside. He went in, in home with Tremble last week, made a big impression. Um, right now, it's really been Chip Long versus Jim Harbaugh because he, other than the in, um, on-campus visits, he uh, has not met with Brian Kelly yet. So that's going to happen next week. Um, I know Michigan's been the hot name on the 24-7 sports crystal ball lately, especially after the official visit to Ann Arbor. But um, from everything I'm hearing, I still really like Notre Dame's chances. I'm not really wavering on that at all. And um, I think when when it comes time for him to make, make a decision, probably in the next two weeks, I think he'll feel really good about it after the in-home with, with Brian Kelly. I think at that point he's going to have a pretty good idea of where he's going. Um, I expect Notre Dame to land him. And, um, you know, from everybody I've talked to inside the goo, this is a uh, an addition that despite his three-star ranking, uh, according to 24-7 sports composite rankings, um, would be a huge pickup for Notre Dame. They think he's got – um, long-term position flexibility where he could play on either side of the ball, but this is a guy Chip Long has been recruiting extremely hard and really wants him at tight end. So um, a guy with athleticism and playmaking skills that they would love to land. Yeah, I really am curious to see this for the, through the prism of Chip Long as sort of a dogged recruiter because I, I don't think that he gets enough credit from Notre Dame fans for being the recruiter that he is just because he hasn't been here that long enough. But I think he has a chance to be sort of a, an ace recruiter on the staff um, that already has a couple other ace recruiters. Tom, I'm, I'm curious about, before we go, like your opinion of, of Chip as a recruiter, what you've seen about him, what you think about his style. So, I mean, Notre Dame needs some dogs on the trail. And I will tell you, and, and as you know, because you've been covering Notre Dame um, longer than I have, Brian Polian is an absolute dog on the trail, does a really good job on the West Coast. I've said it since day one. Mike Elko is exactly that. Um, complete opposite of the spectrum, and that still may be an understatement compared to Brian Van Gorder. And uh, Chip Long is, is one and the same. And these guys absolutely get after it. There is not a lot of fluff, not a lot of BS. Um, Notre Dame sells itself, but these guys do a very good job of representing the, the program, the university. Um, this this guy, Chip Long, he... Uh, he gets after it, man. There's a, it's, it's kind of a fun to see the behind the scenes stories and to, you know, you get to know these guys a little bit better and um, you just hear from the recruits, the, the message these guys are, are sending. Um, and uh, without, you know, without going into too much detail, um, Long gets after it. And I think we're on the same page on this one. He, he brings in and Notre Dame's offense is in good hands with him on the recruiting trail. Yeah, no question about that. So that's it for this week's Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra Podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday, Wednesday to recap the Echoes, DJ Brown, Malik Langham, how those visits went, um, see if the Irish can squeeze in a maybe a surprise visitor as well. So uh, plenty going on in Notre Dame's recruiting front right now as the Irish push towards the early signing day. So until next week, Pete Sampson, Tom Lloyd, Kevin Sinclair, thanks for listening. 